This is the Wesson Walker Show. Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, I, 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 I think if I come back, I can win another MVP. No, you can't. It's Wes. I, I, I can't. I don't want to do the dunk. I, just, I don't want to play an all-star game. The season's too long. Get out of here. Zion, get back on the court. And Walker. But somebody said I looked like Kyle Singler one time, and I wanted to fight him. No, no, no. Don't point. Don't point. Don't Walker, point. Walker Filipowski. No. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. I still need to learn swimming lessons. <laughs> oh, judge me. It's 2 o'clock on a Monday. Frank Reich's personal Black Monday after being let go earlier this morning before he even gets to his 12th game. A short stint as the Carolina Panthers head coach. And now David Tepper, he's looking for a permanent guy once again. We're taking phone calls at 704-570-9610. Troy called in. He's been waiting patiently during the break, as have other callers. We will get to you guys in just a moment. We appreciate it nonetheless. If you want to be like Anthony and tell us how much you love us, we would welcome that too at 704 Five seven zero ninety six ten. Rob calling in. Rob, we appreciate the phone call. Is it Troy or Rob? Troy. All right, I apologize. We'll get to Rob in a moment. Troy calling in. Troy, we appreciate it, man. How are you? How you doing, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, um, Troy. What's on your mind? I was actually at the game yesterday with my 14-year-old son for his birthday. Oh, happy birthday. And it was brutal. Um, But... Here's my thought. If they let Evero leave town without making him the head coach, I'm done. Tupper, come on, man. I appreciate the phone call, Troy. This is somebody that does not want another defensive mind that's done a good job with this Panthers team to leave and have success with another franchise. So you don't, a lot of people, look, maybe this is a black assistant thing too. I Mm -hmm. totally get that. But also, Steve Wilkes, Ajero Avero, both having done excellent jobs. One with the interim tag, one with the defensive coordinator tag, that got interest as a head coach last offseason, even having a head coaching interview with your Carolina Panthers last coaching cycle. So, Avero is somebody that quite a few people are writing in saying, hey, why don't we just give him the job and see if we can try to try to thread the needle, where what we can do is we can keep some level of continuity where we don't have to clean house all over again and actually keep somebody that is good. But also, you do have some kind of change at the top. What do you think about Averro being that guy? Uh, I need to see a little bit more from him before I would want to give him the job, just being frank. Uh, you know, he's been a D.C. for two seasons at this point. He did some nice things in Denver. He had a top 10 uh, total defense when you talk about yards. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were 15th. And uh, yards and and they had a good defense in Denver. Let's just put it they that did. way. Um, but it wasn't anything that was earth shattering. And I know that Denver didn't have a great offense as well. And then in Carolina, he's done an admirable job with what's been giving injuries and all of those things. But I still would want to see a little bit more from him uh, before I decided to give him the head coaching job, especially in this climate that the Panthers are in right now. That that's my only thing. It's just the Panthers are in a space to where you 
you know, you, you're just coming off a, a lot of just failure and dysfunction. And I feel like you really need to knock this higher out of the park. And Evero has done a decent job, but I just don't know if this is going to move the meter to where you're like, wow, now that's the one. What you got for us, Fitty? Well, it's not just Frank Reich, who's a casualty today in Carolina. Tom Pelissero reports the Panthers have also fired Josh McCown and assistant head coach and running back coach Deuce Staley. That one's going to be surprising for people. Whoa! Maybe not McCown, but Deuce Staley, having been highly thought of with the Lions, Philadelphia, coming here to Carolina just to be closer to family. And Deuce Staley, no longer a coach here with the hey. Carolina Panthers. In case you need it repeated, Josh McCown, Deuce Staley just announced that they are no longer with the Panthers after Frank Reich's firing earlier today. All right, I do want to get to the phone line. Rob, you've been waiting patiently, man. we got a couple of others to get to. Uh, I appreciate the phone call, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Wes Walker. Thanks for taking my call. i got three points. I promise you I want to hear your guys' uh, opinion on what I'm about to say. One, I think uh, Federer needs to be let go. Uh, I think that's wild for him even bringing in a coach that got murked last year halfway during the season with Frank Wright. Two, uh, West thoughts on Elko uh, leaving Duke. I think he missed out on an opportunity to build something sweet up there. And then the third thing uh, is Harbaugh lurking in the shadows in the event he gets murked by Michigan as far as him coming to the Panthers as the next coach. Curious. On your on those three uh, great phone call, Rob. We appreciate the hell out of it. And by the way, if you say marked twice in a phone call, you're our kind of listener. That's right. You're exactly <laughs> our target demographic. Yeah, so we, we love it. Yes, we thank you very much, Rob. Uh, fit gone. Totally agree. I'll leave the college football questions to you. We, we agree with Fitter. Just timing probably doesn't make sense now. They'll probably do it at the end of the regular season. Wes, I leave it to you with the Mike Elko point and the Jim Harbaugh point. Yeah, well, for one, Jim Harbaugh's not going anywhere. Uh, Michigan's not getting rid of him. Listen, the intern coach he's done an excellent job but still Jim Harbaugh is the guy that is the captain of that ship and has gotten uh, Michigan to consecutive college football playoff appearances and has them on the precipice of a national championship uh, they're the favorite right there with Georgia so I don't think that Harbaugh is going anywhere if he leaves it's going to be because he takes another job but I don't think Michigan is going to be walking him out of that door anytime soon and then as far as Mike Elko goes I'm not surprised in the least bit Duke for a lot of guys they run into a conundrum him we'll talk about this later later uh, as the week goes on later in this show as well but do you run into a conundrum either you're going to hire a young coach that's going to look at this job as a stepping stone job or you're going to hire an old coach which after a while his voice is going to get stale like they did with coach Cutcliffe and I think that's the thing you run into you knew with Elko he was going to go to brighter pastures with all of the success they had and the thing I'm most interested to see is is he going to take Riley Leonard with him we need to shed more light on this we will as the week goes on but when it comes to insiders at Duke when it comes to opinions that will be true <laughs> Wes has you covered okay like the the two the Duke insider the, it's just the bravado the, the confidence in which you've called a couple of things happening with Duke it's been the most impressive thing with any prediction like we've talked about it we've gone back and forth over but you were mocking Mike Elko oh yeah you're not good whatever and he's gone and he's gone you said that Duke was going to be Clemson yeah, and they yeah, did so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll shed more light on that as he the also week. said they were going to make the ACC title game how'd that work out well they had injuries hmm. you oh, also thought y'all was going to when you was, were six no, and oh and hadn't go, beaten anybody but I, you didn't do it did I you picked us to finish third go pack I was you know fitting this is a, this is a Wake Forest like, alum <laughs> That is happy to be now the Duke insider yeah. saying go pack. But yeah. you don't care anymore, right? 
Like you're done with Carolina. I, right, I just said right. they can't hurt. When's the last okay. time Carolina won an ACC football championship? Oh, Have they won one since Wake? You guys, you stop it. Oh, okay. I was trying to All give right. him some so. love, and I need to go to the phone line. We got people on the line. <laughs> Come let's on, go, let's go. All right, yeah, we we can't let our main man, our main man, weatherman Mark, calling in. Mark, we appreciate the phone call. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing well. We you want to talk more about on C- some things? Uh, although we disagree on some things, guys, I love you both. No, yeah, we good. The, the text messages don't read quite that way. It's okay. It's reciprocated. Yeah, it's reciprocated. Say, say uh, what I'm talking about. Uh huh. I think it's coming from your, uh, from you, Wes. But uh-huh. anyway, <laughs> we, what, what? Yeah. Uh huh. No, I know. <laughs> What you got, uh, Mark? What you got, baby? Let's go. Come on, let's rock and roll. We're we're okay. Uh, I I mean, I I I love Steve Wilkes. He's homegrown or whatever. But I'm afraid you. I'm afraid, and this is going to be with the offense. All the Panthers fans calling on Wilkes. Is coach? Well, first of all, what's his resume? Has he ever coached a, a playoff game like Jim Harbaugh for? We need somebody that's got playoff coaching NFL experience, guys. We don't need Wilkes. I'm sorry. We just don't need him. I mean, that's we a need fair somebody point. like Jim Harbaugh. Mark, we appreciate the phone call, man. And look, it, it, this is the point, right? If you want to call in or if you want to give your opinion and say, I don't want Steve Wilkes because I would personally rather have somebody that has coached in a high-stakes NFL game as a head coach. Because Steve Wilkes has done it. In previous years as the Panthers assistant coach, defensive coordinator, right? And defensive back coach, the year that they were going to the Super Bowl, and it was a long-time DB coach. But Jim Harbaugh, the guy went to a Super Bowl. He's coaching college football playoff games. If the choice is Harbaugh or Steve Wilkes, I got you. What rubs me the wrong way is when people want to move on from Steve Wilkes so much so, and they don't want to give any credence to the people that want him back because they just want to disregard the type of turnaround that this guy had with largely the same roster, Wes. I just, we can give Steve Wilkes his flowers. We tried to last year. And if they wanted to hire him, it would have been because he turned a bad season around. Y'all, they were one in five. And Steve Wilkes takes over and they start winning and they're competitive in some of the losses. Think about some of the losses. The first time against Atlanta, it's the DJ Moore helmet controversy. Think about Tampa Bay. It's Iki Kwanu getting, you know, just not even putting hands on Anthony Nelson, who comes in and sacks Sam Darnold for the last sack of the game. So Steve Wilkes deserves a lot of credit for the way that he flipped Carolina's season around last year. If you don't want him, okay, I give you that. But I can understand why people want to go back to the thing that worked last year because it's been the only thing that has worked for a long period of time in David Tepper's tenure. Well, the thing, too, is that people did not feel like he got a fair shake, obviously, too. They wanted to see more of what he had. He left the people wanting more like a great performer. I know the Panthers stumbled down the stretch. But when you look at Harbaugh, the one thing I will tell people about Harbaugh, this is coming from, you know, a 49ers fan who I certainly was enjoying and appreciative of the Super Bowl appearance that he got and going to to the NFC championship games. But the thing that you do read about him is that he does wear on people. He wears on front offices and he doesn't necessarily sustain great relationships with general managers. And so that's one thing that I would bring to the table here. When you talk about Jim Harbaugh, he's a guy that, he works in college because the players are going to be in and out. But as far as the NFL, when you're going to have certain mainstays and things of that nature, you do a little digging. You see that 
you know, Harbaugh has a type of personality that tends to wear on a front office and a, and a football team. Harbaugh and David Tepper would be hilarious. I'll say that. Yes, that, that would be a <laughs> very intriguing pairing. Well, I, I also wonder if people want Harbaugh because they feel he has enough confidence to step up to David Tepper. It's it's a little Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak-y in that regard. Where no, Mitch Kupchak, Jim Harbaugh, I, one is lively. One, I have to sound like an 80-year-old to do an impression. That's just how he sounds. You know, Mitch Kupchak, you've had your success. We can have a Hornets conversation at a different time. That's the same type of idea, though. Can you get someone that will go with the decision they want to make, and maybe that's the opposite way of David Tepper, and can you earn Tepper's respect enough for him to, yeah, maybe he meddles, but eventually he lets you do your own thing. I think that's I think that's the lane people are carving if they want Harbaugh to be the next head coach. I want to go back to the phone line. Y'all are, y'all are uh, uh, you know, very patient. We appreciate that. Thank you for waiting patiently on the on the lines calling in 704-570-9610. Mr. 77. Mr. 77, how are you doing today, man? I'm great. I hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely, man. What's on your mind? I got two points. Uh, as far as the gym, I think we need to go into that San Francisco front office. I mean, look how they built this team. The offense they run will fit Bryce perfectly. And they have whiffed on a quarterback and overcome it. I hope Bryce is not a whiff, but just in case he is, they know how to overcome it. So I think maybe the assistant GM, somebody in that front office might be the answer. Second point, how about if there's a guy out there who has already won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, coached a 5'10 quarterback, Russell Wilson, and he's not a quarterback coach in one of the most innovative offenses the NFL has ever seen in Miami, Daryl Bevel. Why is he not ever getting consideration? No, it's a great point. I love that phone call. Mr. 77, we appreciate it. One, San Francisco, we can go to, I like the point where he says they whiffed on a quarterback, and he's not saying they did with Bryce, but at least they showed an ability to overcome mm, it. Yes. So I think a couple things. You can't have a plan to hit on Mr. Irrelevant and have him save the Correct. QB position. 100%. So that is a monster outlier. But to his point, they've done a great job at – creating a great environment for whoever the QB was going to be, whether it be Trey Lance didn't work out, but it worked out for Brock Purdy. It worked out for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was the weird thing with San Francisco where they paid Garoppolo a lot of money at the time, like a top five QB, I believe when they handed that contract out. And yet, despite that, they hit in the draft on so many people. And they've had their failings, too. Like Solomon Thomas didn't work out Certainly for them. Certainly have. And, and even uh, Ken, Law. You know, Ken Law isn't the guy that you wanted him to be. So I like that point. And I, I saw Bevel, too. Mr. 77 might be watching Hard Knocks. Because I saw him talking with Tua, <laughs> the in-season Hard Knocks. I thought, oh, yeah, there is Bevel, right? Like, maybe you could take a little bit of the Seattle game plan and what they're doing in Miami. Maybe that's a name to pay attention to. Any thoughts on Mr. 77's combo? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say the same thing. Don't get too sure on what the San Francisco front office have done. That that was certainly big-time luck. I'm not even going to – I watch <laughs> games now, and I'm just amazed at the fact that they hit on Brock Purdy the way that they did. Every game I watch, uh, I just say to myself, I still can't believe we got this, you know, and, and I put, put some colorful words yep. behind that. Yeah, I'm glad you're not doing it here. All right, I know we're up against a break, but we only have one more caller. And so we are going to go off script and welcome that caller before we take a break. Jonathan calling in. Jonathan, I apologize. We don't have a ton of time, man, but did want to get to your point. What's on your mind? What's going on, uh, Walt? 
Wes, what up, my boy? What up, what up? What's up, baby? What's going on? Hey, nothing, man. Look, I'm just, I'm looking at, as a Panther fan, I'm I'm glad Reich is gone because one thing that I paid attention to was his, his bravado at the press conferences. And most Panther fans can agree that who, like, when he got up there and talked, you, he didn't. He didn't talk with no command. We need a coach. If it's if it's Will or somebody else that gets up there and holds himself accountable for the thing that that's going on, because like I said, Will, I mean, um, well, uh, right, he was just selling us wolf tickets, man, and I ain't like that. See, I was trying to be patient. <laughs> I was trying to be patient on the process, but. After he kept going up there every Sunday, oh, we're making progress, we're making progress. Man, quit lying to yourself, bro. Like, for real. And that's one of the reasons why I think he got canned, because he out here telling us fans that it, he sees the, the growth, but we're still losing by, like, we, we have a whole bunch of one-score games we could have won if the offense would have just scored a touchdown. So I just hope we get somebody in here that speaks with confidence, because that that's what I'm gonna feed off of. I'm gonna feed off of my head coach confidence. I'm gonna think off there about that. Yeah. With that. Yeah. I right, appreciate so. the phone call, Jonathan. Excellent stuff. We appreciate that. I think fans want somebody that looks the part again. Steve Wilkes looked the part. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that sounded like the part at the podium. That's why people like Thomas Brown when he steps up to the podium, taking accountability, no excuses, going through adversity, having play calling, exchange hands a couple of times, and says, Hey, this is a business, this is a wins. Uh, oriented business i totally get that results oriented business and we didn't perform a lot so i'm going to take this and you know take it in stride and move on people want that type of bravado to use jonathan's words mine to go up there at the podium and say oh okay like this just feels right it didn't feel right with matt rule i think it did maybe at first with frank but there's only so many times you can tell us you believe in the system when you're only scoring 13 points a game. Yeah, not only that wears on people. Yeah, it just felt like he was capping heavy. It was. So, yeah, it felt like that. All right, let's move on and uh, continue to bring you some updates real quickly. Ian Rappaport tweeted out the decisions to move on from Panthers QB coach Josh McCown and running back coach Deuce Staley were made by interim coach Chris Tabor and offensive assistant Jim Caldwell. So both of those guys deciding to move on from Josh McCown and Deuce Staley. We'll come back and dissect that a little more so. Wesson Walker off and rolling. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The... McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. I figured this might happen as we get closer to the end of the show. But more updates coming out from Bank of America Stadium. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero putting out there. The Panthers also fired QB coach Josh McCown and assistant head coach slash running back coach Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley, surprising. I think Josh McCown, I, I guess it makes sense if you're talking about offensive assistants 
being fired because the offense has not looked good. But how about this tweet from Brad Panovich? That's right. Not uh, NFL insider Brad Panovich. No, not a sports analyst, anything like that. Your weatherman, Brad Panovich, said, if you wanted C.J. Stroud today, you're getting you're getting a pink slip. Is that a bar, Wes? Big bar. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, who does he know? I mean, okay, so I guess that's the idea, right? We, we saw Josh McCown. This is the thing in, in reference to the video after the pro day at Ohio State. Josh McCown asking C.J. Stroud, they'll play, saying, hey, we'll play basketball again once you come down to Charlotte. You know, we're like, everybody's running around. Oh, does that mean he's the pick? It's the Frank Reich likes big quarterbacks thing. They should have selected C.J. Stroud at number one. Frank Reich certainly wanted them to. uh, That was the idea that Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, maybe even Anthony Richardson. But C.J. being that guy that we heard from insiders before that he likes accuracy. He likes QBs that can see over the line well enough. And that's the kind of offense Frank Reich wants to be in charge of. But they selected the shorter QB. And this is ultimately what it leads to to me, Wes. I don't know if you feel the same. Man, I feel bad for Bryce Young. I do. I It felt like this was going to be the best situation of all the other franchises we looked at. It doesn't mean that it was going to be true. And boy, did it turn 180 degrees. It is quite the opposite. I just went through it at the beginning of the show. He's in the worst situation of any other rookie QB in the NFL right now. Because he's being thrown out there to get destroyed behind what is a bad offensive line. The interior pass protection, it's the worst in the league. The guy is sacked the second most amount of times in just 10 games played. One thing that he had to battle at the beginning was Frank Reich might not even want you as his QB. That it might be C.J. Stroud. Now Josh McCown. Josh McCown with that social media clip going viral. C.J., hey, let's play some ball when you're down in Charlotte. Now you don't even know if you're on QB coach wants you at the beginning of this entire process. Now we have guys like Lewis Riddick tweeting out, hey, this is David Tepper's fault because the offensive staff wasn't, okay, so you fire the head coach when the QB you should have selected actually went to Houston second overall. And so now you have, you know, tweets like that around where it's, it's not intended to be a shot at Bryce Young, but what else, how, how else do you want him to take it? Like, oh, okay, they should have never drafted him in the first place. That's who I feel bad for, man, because there's nothing that has happened in the first 10 games of his NFL career that suggests he should have been better than what he's showing right now. Even with him having some problems, offensive line is terrible, wide receivers aren't good, game plan has been awful every single week, and now everybody's saying, yep, they should have drafted C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud would have been excellent in this situation. Uh, So I'll say I don't feel bad for Bryce because – not for the reasons you think, not because I'm sitting here with the ice cold heart beating in my chest. So I guess if it was freezing, it wouldn't be beating. Correct. But anyway, I don't want to tie it. So, know. <laughs> you know, I'm big into people's stories. I've always loved to read uh, autobiographies and things of the sort because people's stories inspire me. And I always love to watch behind the music and I love biopics and different things like that because I love to see the adversity that people have to come through to make it to where they are. Myself, no different but not to the level of some of the people that I've watched and read things about. And so the reason I say that about Bryce Young is that I feel like if I, if I feel like I have a semblance of the type of quarterback that this guy is, this is all a part of the story. He's going to take all of this and it's, you can look at it and say, Hey man, a lot of people started this race a lot faster than me. And I had to go through the most and I had to take the most uh, of a beating during my rookie year, my first two seasons, whatever the case may be. 
but he overcame all of it. He used all of that to bottle it up and become the quarterback that he's going to be. And I've always stressed on this station just the pedigree that he comes from, all the wins that he had in high school, all the wins that he had in college. And, yeah, he had some disappointing losses in college, but for him – you know, getting to the pros now, this is his first real, real adversity he's gone through in his football career where it doesn't seem like anything can go right. And I just feel like if if Bryce is what I think he can be, I think he's going to take all of this and just use this as motivation and fuel to um, become a great player. And so that's why I don't feel bad for him. I think this is going to be great, and I think it's going to turn him into a phenomenal player. I like that. You were saying I should be the one that was a motivational speaker at the beginning of this show. <laughs> feels like you're that guy now turning what? Can we make this guy a lemonade QB, as one Wes Bryant right. likes to say? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we can see that from Bryce Young. I Look, it doesn't change my opinion on just how bad the situation is. But you're right. If you draft the number one overall QB and you bring a different situation to him, which even if I don't expect the offense to be putting up 400 yards, I do hope that we see some sort of change for the better. This offseason, hire whoever you're going to hire. Hopefully they can bring in a good system. And Bryce Young can still be that number one overall pick that is worthy of that number one overall selection. Things can change really quickly when you don't expect them to in the NFL. And that's what I'm holding on to. People don't have hope with this team because David Tepper has been so bad. And I understand that. I'm not going to argue whatsoever. David Tepper can't be trusted with making the right hire. What evidence do I have to go off of to say, oh, wait, now, hold on. Give Tepper the benefit of the doubt here. This is what he got right. What has he gotten right? Not many. And if he's meddling in these draft day decisions... If he's meddling with Scott Fitterer, who maybe Scott Fitterer would have gone with a different head coaching candidate. I don't know. Maybe David David Tepper liked Frank Reich more than Scott Fitterer. I'm not saying that for Fitterer to keep his job, but you get the point. So many people have pointed to the owner of this franchise, who ain't going anywhere, saying he's the problem. And so while people have talked about this on the text line, hey, you guys are crazy. Talk about the owner. Talk about how it's all his fault. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. It is. You just, I'm trying to figure out the best move to make with him still at the helm. What are some of the options, whether he falls backwards into a good decision or whether he learns from previous mistakes and makes a good decision. But I'm trying to figure out what the good decisions are to be made. If he can make them, I don't know. He hasn't given me enough evidence, but I'm hoping he can. And if he does, then this is how you turn his reputation around. But boy, his reputation is about as bad as it can possibly get through his young tenure as owner. And one thing that cracks me up, too, is the people that conveniently forget that the Houston Texans had Bryce Young atop their board of quarterbacks. They had him over C.J. Stroud. So can you guys get that through your heads? Bryce Young was still looked at as the number one quarterback by, I would think, a lot or a majority of teams, including the team that drafted C.J. Stroud. Now, with that said... Tepper, the thing I would most want to see, because isn't he supposed to talk tomorrow, uh, I believe? Yes, there, yes that's that's true. Chris Tabor yeah. and David Tepper are scheduled to I speak I want to hear some accountability. Get up there and say, hey, look, man, I made some mistakes. I have messed up. I've done some things, and, 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 I, and I am hell-bent on getting this thing right. I think that's what the fans want to hear at this point. Can you own up to your mistakes? I know it takes a lot for a guy of his ilk, uh, of his – you know, stature, being a billionaire and all those different things to get up there and admit when he's made some mistakes. But I'm sure he's made plenty. We all have. And so that's what I would like to hear from him. And I think that's the first small building block to getting this thing turned around is the owner to get up there and admit the mistakes, admit the faults, 
and say that you're hell-bent on getting this thing right. And I think he could win a lot of people over if he does that. I'm trying to figure out the the firings here with Josh McCown and, and Deuce Staley. Because with Josh McCown, the, the report that we got from Ian Rappaport, it was that Chris Tabor and Jim Caldwell made that decision, right? Is that interesting to you? Am I st- that is. So if Jim Caldwell, somebody that has had success in the NFL, no, he doesn't have a Super Bowl, but he was the head coach of what was a very good Colts team. Then he was the head coach of a Detroit Lions squad that went to the playoffs twice, which is impressive for that organization. Before Dan Campbell, Jim Caldwell was their best coach in like what, the last 30 years? Whatever, right? And Caldwell, being a bright offensive mind, having been in a couple of different places, he and Chris Tabor, who also I think is a smart special teams mind, both of those guys come together and say, hey, we got to move on from Deuce Staley, but also Josh McCown. And the reason I'm putting more importance on Josh McCown because he's the QB coach. It's the only QB coach in the NFL that Bryce Young has known. So I wonder just how much of a clash there might have been between the offensive mind of Jim Caldwell and the offensive mind of a Josh McCown. Is is there something to be said for that? Or am I just trying to make a straw man argument? Like there's a reason he's gone, Wes. And I just want to know what that reason is. If there's anything more to what do you mean? Why is he gone? Our QB hasn't played nearly as well as we wanted him to. The offense hasn't put up enough points. Like, is it, is it that simple or was there a real difference in philosophy that McCown was able to roll with because he felt empowered to do so? And now Jim Caldwell is coming in and saying, no, this ain't how we're about to do things anymore. Even if I'm only here on an interim basis, we're going to try to set the foundation the best it possibly can be set for Bryce Young's tenure. I just, I have some questions about that. It's interesting to me. Well, the thing is, and I'll start with deuces. I think that obviously he didn't do much with Miles Sanders. I think that played into it. Um, I think obviously the offensive line hasn't been great, but I think just the lack of development with him. And as I said, when I watched Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions, Deuce Taylor can be a lot. I mean, when I watched him just a constant, just on guys, and he's just always just yelling and barking at cats and stuff like that, man. And it just seems like that could wear on people. Now, I'm just speculating here for sure. But when you talk about with McCown, this is also a situation, if you remember when I said when they assembled the staff, the only qualm I had about it was I said, is there too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to Bryce Young? When you talk about all the guys that you hire, Frank Reich's offensive coordinator, then Thomas Brown, then Josh McCown, then uh, Coach Caldwell. That's a lot of people giving you information and doing things. And I think that maybe they want to simplify some things as far as what Bryce hears every week. And I know he's his quarterback coach, but maybe they want to simplify, streamline the messaging as far as what he's hearing every week. Maybe they don't like the way that he was going about doing things with Bryce Young. Um, I'm not sure. Or to the weatherman's tweet, (laughs) maybe they don't feel like that McCown was Mm -hmm. doing as great a job as he could because, and, and maybe too, this is reckless speculation, Maybe, Love it. you know, in the building, he's chatting with some guys and maybe there was some whispers where he's saying, see, if we would have got C.J. Stroud, we wouldn't be dealing with this. You see what C.J. Stroud's hmm. doing out here in, in Houston? You see what he's doing? There could have been some of that that went into this as well. And so uh, all that to be said, both of those guys are gone now. <laughs> but I especially think with McCown, it could have been some of that baked into the equation and the old weatherman could have been on to something. Yeah, okay. I like that weatherman, Mark, coming in. Or, or you're talking about Brad Panovich. Which weatherman are you discussing? The real one? The one with the occupation or weatherman Mark? 
Yes. I'm talking okay. about Weatherman. I mean, Brad Panovich. Well, Brad Panovich. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering which one you were rolling with. Um, yeah, so some changes happening with the Panthers organization today. Not only are they moving on from Frank Reich, but now because of Chris Tabor holding that interim head coaching title and Jim Caldwell being an offensive assistant, both of them made the decision to move on from Josh McCown and Deuce Staley. Let's move on to some text messages. We're getting on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. KC Steve writing in again. This tells me they are right guys, and Reich wasn't liked internally, or at least his schemes weren't. I wonder how different the scheme or the idea is with Thomas Brown and Frank Reich at the helm with, with Reich out of the organization, right? I do think Frank gave Thomas Brown full authority over play calling duties. I do think that it doesn't mean that Thomas Brown is calling from a play sheet that is specifically his philosophy, right? It doesn't mean that he is only going with what he thinks is the right play calling sheet to bring into every single game. So now I do think there is something new to be learned with Thomas Brown at the helm without Frank Reich being the head coach. Now you don't have to worry about him disagreeing with you. Maybe do a Jim Caldwell, but what's he going to do? Fire you? I mean, we got three games left. I, Thomas Brown, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now he can really start to work with what he thinks is right for Bryce Young. The way Thomas Brown speaks at the podium, Wes... I, I at least he's fooled me. I'll be naive, but he's fooled me if this is the case. I, I think he believes in Bryce Young a lot based on the way that he's talked at the podium anytime he's had to speak about his QB. And so do you implement more motion like Sean McVay has with the Rams since that's where he comes from? What you know, are are you doing different things with him, you know, at the helm once again without Frank Reich a part of this uh team anymore? That's what I'm interested to see. Do you think the system is just the system at this point? Or do you think Thomas Brown can show us a few wrinkles as to, okay, yeah, he is different than Frank? That's going to be one of the things to watch for in that next game. But I do think that there will be. Uh, I do think at this point, he's probably, Taper's probably going to let Thomas Brown just do his thing. And he's going to say, hey, man, do with this what you will, and we'll see what the results are. So I would expect to see some differences in my mind. I think one thing I want to roll with just one more time before we go to the last segment, it, you discussed basically too many cooks in the kitchen, too many offensive minds telling you what to do, maybe this way, just an overload of information. What I'm interested in seeing is if Thomas Brown takes a page from the Frank Reich playbook and gives Bryce Young two plays at the line of scrimmage with the opportunity of him to check out of the first play, go to the second one, and then the second one doesn't work out. Because we saw this example yesterday on the fourth down conversion attempt. Bryce Young checks out of the first play. He call, he goes to a screen. That was the second play call going into that possession. And it stopped immediately. Just don't have any shot of picking up that first down. Game over because you threw a screen pass. Bryce Young at the podium. He's looked befuddled quite a bit this year. He looked real befuddled on how to answer that question. He's like, you know, I, you know, he stumbles around a little bit. and He says, you know, that's on me. He wants to take accountability, but it feels like there's, ah, yeah, but Frank Reich, he bleeped up. <laughs> so does Thomas just say, hey, look, man, we're going to simplify things for you. We're going to put a guy in motion. I know that's a little complicated every now and then, but we're going to put a guy in motion. Hopefully it helps you read the defense. Does a guy follow? Is it man? Is it zone? Whatever. But we're only going to give you this play call. Like, that's it. We're not going to give you two. We're going to give you this one. Roll with it. This is what I trust in. I just, 
Are there any? Is there going to be any change to that idea going into the last handful of games? I, I'm I'm fascinated by if that's going to happen. Yeah, I think they're going to change a lot of what they do. I think with Wright going out of the building now, there's no more of that voice to tell them uh, any differently. As I said, Tabor's a special teams coach, so he certainly hasn't meddled much in the offensive and defensive meetings. I think this is certainly going to be a situation to give the coaches autonomy to be able to go out there and do what they need to do. I mean, what can Tabor go tell the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator about what they need to do? He's been doing special teams. They've been completely separate from everything that they've been doing so far. And so as far as the quality control from him, I think it will be there to an extent, but I think he's really going to give these guys total control to see what they can do. It's Wesson Walker with one more segment to go, continuing to talk about the decision to fire Frank Reich and more coaching casualties coming in. Josh McCown and a, uh, Deuce Staley no longer a part of this Panthers organization. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. the Monday show on Weston Walker. One more segment to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. Lots and lots and lots of text messages. Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. I apologize if I did not get to your text message today and honestly that affects all of you probably. (laughs) That affects a lot of you but we took some calls today. A lot of good calls on the firing of Frank Reich and the decision to move on. I did want to end today with some things that I thought we might be leading the show off with, but now here we are ending the show with it. I thought we might lead off the show with Fiddy's flight experience. Thought we might lead the show off with the street turkeys punishments that we had to, that we have to endure before the end of the year, whether Fiddy was going to, take his responsibility with the whipped cream challenge where all of us have to finish 12 cans of whipped cream in a week because Mel Kuyper finishes 12 cans of whipped cream in a week, but he's already trying to bail out of that. I give him one thing and I'm, I'm asking him to eat a lot of dessert. And he said, oh, I don't want to do that. Ow! I feel like you're trying to change the subject. Check this out. No, it's coming from me. Feel free. Go ahead. The Pop-Tarts Bowl okay. will have the first ever edible mascot. Per the bowl, when the final whistle <laughs> blows, the winning team will celebrate by taking a bite of the giant pastry mascot. Okay. Now, I mean, that's incredible. That seems weird. <laughs> I Would you do it? I guess. All of the germs floating through the air, getting on that Pop-Tart, and he's going to be walking around, jumping around, all game fitty. I don't know if you could cue up the, the, the sound that I would want to be heard right now, but... Um, my answer to that would be no, hell no. Okay. That. That's why he's the man. Would you rather eat a walking, living, breathing Pop Tart 
or have a giant tub of mayonnaise dumped all over. Mayonnaise you. dumped on me. But I do think about pop tarts a lot. I do. Fitty, what's what would you what punishment would you rather endure? Eating the giant living pop tart or have mayonnaise dumped all over you? Well, as someone who doesn't eat mayonnaise, I think I would eat the living pop tart. Okay, but just <laughs> walking. I mean, that's gonna be amazing. I can't wait to see the breakdown of how they're gonna do this. Yeah, I, I wonder. Do you just do you just have a bunch of like pop tarts on at the top, or I don't I don't know. Baking a big ass pop tart. Yeah, I have no clue how you pull this off, but they're gonna do it. And the pop tart bowl, it's real, folks. And they have a real-life Pop-Tart that you can eat. That's going to be crazy. All right, Fiddy, why don't you tell us, let's go ahead and end with this. People are dying to know, even still, the first flight experience for one Josh Fiddy Marlowe. We went over some of the things that Shroppy talked about on Wednesday, how you forgot your wallet. (laughs) You You forgot your ID. You forgot the essentials that allow you to board the plane. Yep. But you finally made it on the plane, and anxiety took took over from there. Well, and I, I think I figured out the biggest reason why was I I spend five days of my week with y'all two for three hours a day on the air, about an hour off there. We spend twenty hours at a minimum a week. Y'all know how afraid I was to get on said flight. Not a single text message. Fitty, hope you have a good flight. Text when you land. Y'all didn't even give a damn. Oh, wow. wow. That I was damn. sitting on a plane, a grown-ass man, and I, I'll admit it, crying. Mm, oh, no. The That's... second that plane started moving, just to go to the runway, I was done. I was over it. I didn't want to do it. I asked my dad, "Is I guess it's too late to get off the plane. And he said, uh... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, what, what was your plan? If I, I didn't have one, but if there was a way to get off the plane, I was going to do it, um, and I was going to come back and go back to work and just act like nothing happened and didn't really care. But uh, the first thirty minutes, it was pure. It was pure fear. What do you think, Wes? I need some help on this one because you know I I'm not gonna do the whole oh i'm a man thing Mm -hmm. and hate people for being sensitive or saying that men can't cry they can Mm -hmm. certainly cry um it still hits a little different that he was crying for 30 minutes is what you said on the plane before oh yeah yeah that's a it's a long time wes help me out what how do i make sense all right so first let me start out by 50 told me how good looking the flight attendants were that he had. So you should have maybe tried to use the crying to get a phone number. I think that might've worked in your favor just a little bit, but not when you're crying. I think it's all, you bye. think it's all done. <laughs> okay. I don't well, think that, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I tried to help him. But I know I hear you. Other but okay. than that, the only reason why I didn't text you Fiddy, because I knew you were a little anxious about getting on a flight, but I underestimated just how anxious you were. I didn't think, you know, I'm thinking in, in selfishly, I'm thinking about my day and what I got going on and what I need to do. And so I didn't necessarily think, you know, I knew you were going to be a little nervous, but I didn't think it was going to be uh, anything that serious. I had no clue it was going to be that serious. And if I did know, I certainly would have sent you words of encouragement. Well, I, I'm going to you know, correct you a little bit on this because you're right. I didn't text you safe travels or anything like that. Nope. But it was the last thing I said to you in person before we went about our Thanksgiving break. It was. I said, have a safe flight. Yes. So Yeah, I, I did that too. You, so you can't just act like we didn't care at all about you. It was 
literally the last thing that we said to one another. You said, have a happy Thanksgiving. And I said, you do the same, my man. Safe travels. Done. Like, have a safe flight. And yet here you are trying to make us out to be this bad guy or these bad guys because we weren't checking in on you. And I knew you had bad anxiety. I didn't know you were going to cry as long as you did. I didn't but know that's either. Okay. But, but like, that's you know, okay. when I got to that place, I allowed it to just, I just let it out. But more <laughs> said, importantly, too late to get off the plane. <laughs> because, you know, I don't really care. Like people can, you know, call me a, all the words I'm going to get called. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I conquered my bleeping fear. That's okay, what I was going to say. Go. I was going to say yeah. salute because to you when I facing came back, your fears. I got on that bleeping plane with confidence and just sat there, and we flew our asses back to Charlotte. Never even worried. Didn't even flinch. Just got up in the air. That's right, baby. That's and flew back. So everybody that was preying on my downfall. Wow. Like Steve Wolf's going to tell Dave Tepper when he calls them in a few weeks to hire them to, to, be the, to be the Panthers coach. Y'all can all kiss my ass because I'm flying every damn where this world has to offer. Okay. I like that. Look, I conquered my fears maybe only a little bit because they wouldn't let me off the plane. Maybe only a little bit. And, yeah, I've only cried a little bit, but I conquered my fears. You should have put the shades on them when you was coming back uh, off the flight, man. Listen, tonight, though, you know we always talk about what to watch for. Randy Orton's back. Okay, CM Punk is back. And WWE Raw tonight will be... The first hour commercial free. It's about to be. Lit. Oh, they couldn't sell no commercials and, for that uh that acting job. Well, and and uh, Survivor. I mean, uh, War Games was this weekend. Our Truth made an appearance as well, man, in a funny little chip uh, interlude that they have for Ruffles chips. Okay. So WWE Raw tonight and Kane's one last night. Go Kane. That's it from Wes Bryant. That's the Wes and Walker <laughs> show on a Monday edition. Kyle actually wants to give us the real dismount here. Kyle on the mic, what you got for it? You guys have crushed it today, so I really feel bad about um, you know jumping in at the end. I know you're, oh, no. you're probably going to hit a solid landing no matter what. But are you serious? You're mad at these dudes for not texting you a welfare check on Thanksgiving when you're going to a Dallas game, brother? I told you on th- on Wednesday, we love you. But the overwhelming odds were that you were going to be just fine. You're safer in a plane than you on a car. Or you are on a car. We're all worried about Jeff Turkey with our families. Yeah. And you're mad at these boys for not texting you. Fitty, you okay? You're going to have a panic attack? You're going to wet yourself <laughs> on an airplane? Come on, brother. You've you've known me for three years. Are you surprised that I turned this back around on them? I, I am because I've seen – I've met your dad now. He, you, your dad's a guy's guy. Like I, He's a manly man. I, I know you, you come from good stock. Like How are you still wow. about to wet yourself getting on a plane here, bro? I mean, it was a one-time thing. I, I didn't do it coming back. If I'd have done it coming back, but I, I conquered my fear. Damn it! Like I got on the plane. Kyle, I won't back. cry when we go to Boston. I, I know you won't. I'm excited for y'all. I was just thinking about that this weekend. I'm, 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 I hate that I'm going to miss the trip. I would love to road trip with you two. That we'll do it again at some point. But uh, have a blast. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm only going to cry a little bit. That'll I do. I'm there for you, man. I'm there for you. Love y'all too. No, I do. I love you. But come on, man. Like you know, we're you. you come on. You see, it's just an airplane ride. That's all it is. That's all it is now. You're good. Love yeah. you, man. All right. That's a man that's conquering his fears, tears. I like Brian writing in the cry and fly. That's what Fiddy experienced this weekend. But he's back, and we're happy that he's back. Wesson Walker handing the baton off to the Kyle Bailey Show. Smoke Ludwig as well. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.